0: Coming up on this episode of East Screen, West Screen, it's Chinese New Year, the year of the snake is upon us, so we look at the latest Chinese New Year films, including I Love Hong Kong 2013, Hotel Deluxe, and Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons. Welcome back to another episode of East Screen, West Screen. This is the show where we talk about film from Hong Kong to Hollywood and lots of stuff in between. It is Friday, February 8th, 2013. It is the weekend of Chinese New Year. We're actually a day away from the big Chinese New Year celebration here in Hong Kong. As usual, I'm your host, Paul Fox. And joining me, as always, in his celebratory mood, ready for the year of the snake, is Mr. Kevin Ma. Kevin Ma. Gong Facho, everybody. How are hey, you doing, Paul? sir? Good, good, good. How about you? I'm good. Have uh, you been, uh, uh, you know, organizing yourself and cleaning up and doing all those uh, regular New Year's things?
1: Well, no, I, I'm super busy this year because uh, I'm flying uh, back to the States on the day of the New Year, actually the night of New Year's, mm-hmm. New Year's Day, so... Um, of course, before the big holiday, everyone is trying to wrap up, you know, work and I've got a, I got a couple of freelance assignments. So I have to actually finish that, um, tonight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling. It's, um, we have actually got, uh, you know, because the Lunar New Year falls at different times every year. So sometimes our semester starts a week before the Lunar New Year holiday. This year, it's the week after. So we'll have the holiday next week and then the following week I've got a... I've got a semester starting. So basically all next week, I still have a whole bunch of work to do, even though the office is closed, right? Uh, yeah. I've got to be doing it at home to be, make sure I've got all the things prepared for uh, classes come Monday, because I'll have all these uh, bright and doughy-eyed students looking to me for guidance.
1: And, and tired and hungover from vacation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> if, they, if they bother to show up. A lot of them probably won't. <laughs> They'll probably <laughs> yeah. still be off jaunting around the world. Uh, doing what they do but um yeah so it's uh it's looking up the weather cooled off a little bit today so the weather's been uh somewhat night been rather hot earlier this week but uh i'm i was kind of glad to see it cooling off a little bit keeps me in the holiday mood when uh, things are a bit cooler than they have been this past week but you're gonna be actually but actually
1: traditional traditional chinese culture the beginning of the new lunar calendar is considered uh spring It's a new spring so it should be getting warmer
0: yeah, well, it definitely was earlier this week. Um, but today we got a little bit of a rainstorm, brought some cold wet, cold air, and uh, I like it when things cool off. But you're going to be flying, you're going to be gone for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, are you going to be doing any of these hol- holiday celebrations with your family once you get over back stateside?
1: Well, I'm going to – actually, the, the reason I chose to fly out on Sunday night instead of, you know, like tonight or, or tomorrow night is because on New Year's Day – I, uh, with my extended family here, we usually go to the tai Sin Temple uh, to get our fortunes, uh, to get the do the uh, fortune sticks uh, for our yearly fortune. So I don't want to miss that, and then so I I, I would like to go to that and then fly,
0: mm. fly so out of here. So you're gonna be basically running from the temple to the airport.
1: No, no, I, I have plenty of time. <laughs> I mean, we're going in the daytime, and I won't fly until at night. And then I go home, and then I you know go back to San Francisco, and I and I see my family for dinner, and we should we should not that traditional in terms of you know doing that that kind of all that stuff so it's just good times to, to see the fan see my parents see the family and then uh spend some time
0: with friends and have a nice holiday all right well that sounds good um we've got uh quite a schedule today we're we're gonna forego news i think this week because it's uh, we're in the holiday mood and we don't want to talk about any uh depressing news stuff and i think uh people are sick of hearing about star wars so we'll come back to all that in our next show but uh we are going to talk about some films this week. What are we going to talk about, Kevin? Uh, this week,
1: uh, is an all East screen show. Uh, we'll be covering all three of the big New New Year uh, movies here in Hong Kong. First, we will talk about the TVB annual extravaganza, I Love Hong Kong 2013. Then, uh, Raymond Wong's star-studded uh, comedy, Hotel Deluxe. And finally, we will look at Stephen Chow's uh, latest directorial project, Journey to the West, Conquering the demons all right
0: all of that and a little bit more coming up right after this so uh we've got three films to talk about this week up first our first film um, you, you might call it a sequel. It's the third in the I Love Hong Kong series uh, that, that they've done so far, though each of them are pretty much standalone films, though you'll see a lot of the same actors and actresses. Um, these are primarily produced by TVB, and you get to see a lot of uh, TVB stars. If you watch current TVB dramas at all, you'll recognize many of the faces, as well as some old-timers popping up here and there. And that is the film I Love Hong Kong 2013. Uh, so, Kevin, you want to give us a bit of a rundown of Isle of Hong Kong 2013?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Isle of Hong Kong 2013 is the fourth uh, New Year uh, comedy produced by the uh, local television station TVB. And uh, actually, over the years, they, they started four years ago with uh, 72 Tens of Prosperity, which had like a huge cast. Yes, Steffi and Jackie Chun and. And um, of course, all the TVB actors and and little one shot cameos by pop stars, uh, huge pop stars. You know, you talk about like Andy Hui and and uh, Kelly Chan and um, and uh, a lot of uh, and a mix of other character actors, right? Uh, but of course, um, because of TVB's uh, conflict with um, record companies uh, and perhaps you know a, a reduced budget every year, year to year, uh, their casts have gone actually quite uh come down in quality over the, the the last few years. Um so they went from Jackie Chan and and versus Eric Tsang down to uh Tony Leung Ka-fai and Sandra m. And then last year it was um Stanley Fong and and Eric Tsang again. And this year uh it's down to Alan Tam. Yes, the pop star who was last seen in uh, here comes fortune is now uh in this Film, so that did not bode well actually for this year's TVB film. But the story is actually quite basic. Um, Alan Tam plays uh, Song Chi Hong, a tea house owner who is known for his kindness and his friend friendliness towards his neighbors. Um, however, uh, the the price of that uh, friendship is um, <clears throat> actually he sacrifices his family's well being for to to help other people. Uh, his family being his wife uh, Yuen Yun, played by Veronica Yip in her first film. Since 1996, um, her and her and, and their and their kids uh, played by Wancho Cho Lam. And um, I forgot who the other actor
0: is, actually. I don't really recognize him. Do yeah, you know he's, a TV- other- he's a TVB guy, and I can't remember his name. I always get him mixed up with Bosco because they've been in a couple TVB dramas together. And, you know, Bosco's sort of the prominent one. But, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name either. Yeah, I think it's
1: – well, yeah, actually it's not a – because it's not a really b- well-known name. And right now I feel bad for not – Knowing it but yes we'll, we'll make up for it in a bit but uh yeah uh, so 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 uh, the, the family's uh, plan this year is to try and get um, Song Xung to sell his tea house um, which is helped by the fact that an ex-employee has run off and um, him being and the owner being such a nice guy it was a guarantor for for the loan so now he's seven million dollars in debt. And, uh, he's forced to essentially sell the tea house to, uh, stay alive. Here, in, And then in comes, uh, Sek Sum, uh, played by analysis Chan, who is actually his nemesis and has been aiming to, to take everything away from Song Qihong. So he kind of cheats him into signing a contract and forces him to sell the tea house, um, before Song Qihong decides to commit suicide, um, <clears throat> and leave the money to his family a an angel played by eric Zhang uh in uh afro wig uh shows up and uh yes it's it's a wonderful life essentially but without all that you know silly magical hey what would happen if you if you weren't here uh extended um structure instead the entire film is a, is a flashback to the 70s when when song Chihong uh first met ha seum uh and in the yoon, uh, Song Chung is played by Bosco, and uh, Ha-Sai-Sung is played by Michael Say. Um, and uh, it's about how he met his wife, Yun Yun, who was played by Kate in uh, the, the young version, and the, the old boss of the tea house played by Stanley Fong, and all the other people. And essentially, that's the closest thing to a story because um, it really is a bunch of um, a series of sketches, really, a flashback 1970s sketches. Uh, so there's not much. Uh, in terms of you know, real plot, right? Um, okay, so this year, uh, actually, I'm I'm really sad to say that uh, um, the TVB film. Actually, if you know, for the last three years, TVB has always surprised us. The films have always been better than than we expected because you know there's a even though there, there's less star star power um the films at least were solid a lot of good local jokes um great actors like last year um against danny Fong led the cast with the farmer kids and and um and well susan shaw and and teresa 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 mo and eric zung and the cast you know good dynamic and and really nice little hong kong local jokes and they were always better than expected but this year they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel um in addition to, you know, faces that even I don't recognize because they're just always in the background, even on TV. Um, here they get Alan Tam to lead the cast. Um, with a really, with a plot that's really basically ripped off from It's a Wonderful Life, but a hell of a lot less interesting. Um, and just what I was expecting to do was do something in the, do something with the present stuff, you know, when you hire Alan Tam Veronica Yip, which is a huge stunt casting. Um, you think they would do something in the present part, but actually most of the film is a flashback. So I was wondering how many days did Alan Tam and Veronica Yib and Wan Chulah? How many days they spent on set? Like like two days, like three days. Um. So so the good thing about so the bad thing about that is Veronica Yib doesn't really have much to do. She has like four scenes maybe. Um, which is kind of disappointing for an actress making her comeback after sixteen years. Uh, but. The good thing about that is, Lance Chan only has five minutes in the film, thank God. Um, instead, Bosco and Kate Troy actually carry the movie uh, in the in the flashback uh, scenes, um, and sadly, not very well due to the material. Bosco is is really hamming it up. Um, he's not even doing Alan Tam impression. He's just playing this weak, coward guy with like really weird mouth, and I. You know, like a like a simpleton essentially. And K Trey is okay, but honestly you don't really quite see what what her character sees in him. Uh Michael Trey plays a nice douchebag, you know, that's <laughs> so that's fun. And Stan Stanley Fong, and Stanley Fong you know, he's always good as a supporting role. Um this year kind of taking a step back. Um but really most of the supporting cast is really weak. Um they really just you don't recognize many of them and EO2 is e 2 has more speaking role. Uh, has a huge speaking role in your fi- a supporting role in your film. You know, that's when you're really trying to look for actors. Um they they, they have this nineteen seventies vibe, so naturally there's some uh, musical sequence. And I guess that's also slightly influenced by by uh, the recent popularity of Bollywood films. Um the first one is very tongue-in-cheek, very much like an old uh, variety show kind of cute group song number and that's, that's fine. It's comedic. But the other one is kind of this romantic thing in a church um, and it's really cheesy and yeah, it, it it was pretty terrible. Even even knowing that they shot on low, low budget and really quickly it still looks really sloppy. It's just slightly better than a, a really crappy musical that I saw during the Fresh Wave Film Festival and that's really terrible. Um, there is uh, There are a couple of good sketches. There's a, uh, a scene... Um, Shot in the Lux Cinema here in Hong Kong, kind of an old, older cinema that was um um that, that has a lot of the old um uh, Hong Kong cinema quality, including hand drawn tickets and uh, very much an old cinema atmosphere. And I haven't seen been to the cinema myself, but seeing it in the film and used the way it is uh, is actually quite good. And that's really one of the better sequences of the film. Um, and sadly, a lot of the other jokes are kind of mad. There, there's a good number of uh, Hong Kong Hong Kong uh um Hong Kong humor, but um they don't quite hit as well because they get, sometimes get buried by that well by the weak cast and also by a lot of the cheesiness that you know you tell the truly trying to 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 make you cry, but it just really draws out the, the the story. I mean in fact there's really not much of a story because it really just is a series of incidents rather than a than a story. Um yo blackface yes the the maid uh played by uh actually she she uh, she's a uh, southeast asian maiden but she's painted in blackface and she's speaking with that really terrible um southeast asian accent and you know i can't even defend this one it's it's terrible um i don't know why in 2013 they're still pulling out this kind of jokes and think it's funny uh i mean hong kong has to be as a ways to go in terms of racial sensitivity. I mean, I don't expect racial sensitivity, um, in in a city like Hong Kong, but I mean, blackface, really, seriously, um, that's pretty bad. Um, production standards are are, are even lazier than usual. I mean, they use really nice digital cameras, um, and the lighting looks fine and it looks, um, the in uh, the interiors are fine, but actually, uh, there's a lot of really lazy CGI work or really rush CGI work, um. There, there's, there's a scene at a rooftop in the beginning where Nala's Nala's Chan points out that a uh, nice modern um, uh, luxury mansion has been built across the street. So he points at it, and it's really clear that it's there. And then when they flash back to the 1970s scene, you look at the at the at the green screen outside the window, and the luxury mansion is right there in the 1970s. Yeah, that's how lazy the um the the effects work are. Um, the the message essentially is help thy neighbor. Uh, you know the idea is that karma will will help you out, and that you help these people, and then they they help you back in the end. Um, you know that's cute, but it's ironic for TVB, a company that does not believe in in fair competition in TV business and and um, believes in monopoly over over you know being the one sole provider of a of a television market. So not exactly a help thy neighbor corporation, but um, yeah, you know that that the message is cute and and you know very timely. For for this time of year. But sadly, it is worst of the four films by far. Um, I mean, it is exactly what you expect from a TvB-made comedy. Uh, where people talk more in exposition than actually doing something. Um, you know, where the production qual- the production value are lazy and and the, the humor is is kind of too too like in your face, wink wink in your face. Um, the 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 writing is of course very weak and but it's exactly what you would expect because the last three years have always been better than expected so when they come back down in quality into what you would expect you know you can't help but be a little disappointed but you just kind of take it as it is um, so in the end I mean it's it's TV it uh, of course only during New Year um, in fact just VCD it or or if you have VHS then VHS it or if you have an old twenty inch TV then 20 inch tv at that that's how that's how uh, of a struggle it will, it will be to to get through the film
0: paul yeah it's um it was disappointing to to see the decline in quality that these uh that this series this series in particular has taken because i think for me up to this point it had been the superior series when we talk about chinese new year films when we compare it with you know the all's well ends well entries from the, the Raymond Wong camp, um, and so this year, interestingly enough, it seems that the, the tables have turned somewhat. So yeah, it is basically the just a ripoff of It's a Wonderful Life, and you've got Eric Zhang coming in as Clarence, except instead of being an angel, he is a, an immortal. Uh, and you know Alan Tam is George Bailey. He's not called George Bailey, and he's not. He doesn't work at a savings and loan. He works at this tea house which is fine and i think said was set up as an interesting premise but they're you know the dynamic that they're doing with the storytelling here is that in both the 2011 <laughs> film um, and in, in, in even more so in the 2012 film the flashbacks were somewhat limited you know they 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 told bits and pieces of the story from the past but it was really focusing on the, the story of, you know, the, the current family more than anything else. And I even with 72 tenants of Prosperity, um, you know, that that was the same story. Here they've kind of reversed it, and I don't know if that dynamic works quite as well, where you're actually spending more time with the characters when they're young, and then you're occasionally jumping back to the contemporary characters. I think if you're going to go that route, it's perhaps better to just start from the very beginning and tell, you know, tell the story over time, sort of like um, Golden Chicken did, you know, rather than starting out in the contemporary area and then spending most of your time back there and then jumping forward and backward at various points. Um, Thankfully, they didn't do the thing that most It's a Wonderful Life stories do with the Okay, this is your life if you didn't actually exist. I mean, they kind of did it, but they didn't spend a lot of time on that. So there's actually more story that you'll see here that's interesting and <coughs> excuse me, and not just the story of um, you know, what happens if you're if you're not around, you know, what happens if the Alan tam, tam character's not around. If they would have gone that route, I would have been even more disappointed because I think that's that's just an easy crutch to go to. And you know, that's something you see in you know, like almost every episode of TV, a TV series these days, it always has that, that, that it's a wonderful lifestyle episode. Like, well, what if I wasn't actually here? Kind of a thing. Um, most of the time is spent on, you know, sort of the main character uh, as played by Bosco and he, how he, you know, builds this relationship with this guy he thinks is his friend, uh, played by Michael Tse, and then all the people he comes to know. Uh, over time. I, re- I like the tea house concept because I, I like these bits and pieces of, you know, sort of older Hong Kong nostalgia. That's one of the things I really liked about the 2011 film was that, it you know, it took place with this family having to go back to a public estate building and, you know, kind of show the relationships and, and some of the nostalgia there. So I thought that they were kind of going to go in that direction with this, but it didn't feel like they did enough for me, with the restaurant, um, you know, with the culture of the restaurant and the customers, and you know, the working there, and and you know, what do, you know, what does it mean for these people to have to go in every day and, and work with work with each work with each other, and the things that they do and the relationships they build? They didn't really develop that enough for my taste. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Veronica. Yip. long time no see.
1: But this is her actually your final role. She's Actually, not not going to do any
0: roles back. after this.
1: Yeah, she said this this was so that she only did it because she wanted to act again and after this she's not coming back anymore.
0: Well, that's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> I yeah. mean, to say you want to come back and, and and act in a final role but then to do it in a Chinese New Year movie. Um, well, I think I think I think she only did this one as a
1: one-time thing and then I think after she came back and she got so much tabloid attention, she was just like, whoa. I'm, I'm going, I'm forget it. I'm taking my toys and go home
0: yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, yes. she's, she's had a successful career, you know, with her husband and her kids and her family and doing that whole thing. She got away from it and it seems to be doing okay, which is more than can be said for, you know, quite a few actors and actresses who decide to leave the biz. Um, but it's a shame because, you know, I liked her back in the day. I wouldn't mind, you know, I think she still looks great too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the you know, um, Kate Zoe cries a lot, you know, because she's the younger version of the character. She has like three different scenes where she's just, you know, the tears are flowing like Niagara Falls. But actually, I'm not a big Kate Zoe fan, but I think she really did a decent job here. Um, I got a little bit emotional in a couple of her scenes. And uh, normally that's not the case when I think about Kate Zoe in, in films. And, uh, you know, especially the one of the later scenes um, where she was kind of like, you know, really angry at people and, 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 and kind of yelling at people. And I was really, I, I was really kind of laughing. I, th- I liked that scene a lot. That was a great scene. Yeah. I, w- I would give it to them. Yes, that was a great scene. Um, but then the blackface. I was like, what is up with that? I mean, you've got, working at TVB, you've got a no- number of non-local Chinese people who they can go to for these kinds of roles. And there, there are more and more all the time. It, it, it's just not funny. I mean, somebody needs to tell Eric Zhang or, or you know, whoever is, is in charge. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the director, um, Chang Sukai, who thinks this is funny. It's not funny. You've got, you know, uh, people who can take these roles and who do these roles and can be funny in these roles. You don't need to, to, to try and, and get a laugh by um, putting some brown makeup on people. Um, so, you know, by the end for a Chinese New Year film, you know, it goes the way you expect these to go. Everything's okay, but it's so over the top, you know, at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, everything works out okay, but it's somewhat believable. In this, you know, they like, there's a joke about Samsung and then, you know, these guys just come in with with billions from out of the blue and it's just, it's just too over the top. I mean, I, I want a little bit more of a grounded ending to my story sometimes um i was hoping that this was going to be a much more simpler and down-to-earth story because like i said i was hoping it was going to be about these characters in the restaurant and, and you know just kind of living a simple life and being nice to each other and helping each other out and not sort of you know blowing the doors off with uh, with the good fortune at the end as they did but you know i again it's a chinese new year film and that's what they have to do in these things they do try and make some allegory with the restaurant sort of restaurant being hong kong and they you know they touch on you know some of the things like the destruction of hong kong and and you know getting rid of um cultural aspects of hong kong and replacing them with you know sort of these homogenous very generic things that are just reflective of modernity but not hong kong in and of itself i thought that was kind of interesting too but i don't think they went far enough down that particular path either
1: because they also mock CY learn as is popular to yeah. do so yeah yes.
0: um so you know unfortunately yeah, it's the weakest of the you know three or four of you know, the three films i guess if you consider uh, 72 tenants um in this series as well um it's the weakest i'd say you know tv especially but you know go back and watch at least 2011 and 2012 first for you give this one any mind because those for sure are the superior films yes all right let's have a little bit of a short musical interlude and we will continue <laughs> our next film up is Hotel Deluxe so this is um, sort of coming from the rival production camp for Chinese New Year films that has occurred over the past couple years for uh, this coming from the uh, Raymond Wong side of the things you'll remember Mr. Happy Ghost himself Raymond Wong um, he is uh, I guess mainly the pro- it's his production company that gets behind these films so this film is directed by Vincent Koch who some of you Um, might recognize from earlier films particularly uh, some of ronald cheng's work Um, and ronald cheng is sort of the lead character i guess you could say if any character would have a lead in this particular story so basically this is the story of a group of individuals who work at this hotel Um, the hotel is called the hundred stars hotel but actually it only has four stars and that is a point of contention that comes up when they get a new manager uh, who's played by Teresa Mo. Her character is called Cruella, Cruella Ku, <laughs> And she is a no-nonsense, uh, take-no-prisoners manager who's within um, you know, three months basically has set the task of getting this star to a five-star rating. Um, also working at the hotel, you have uh, Chapman Toh, who's sort of the bartender character. Uh, Sandra M., is uh, named Peachy, and she is sort of a an OCD um, head of the cleaning service. Um, I'm not sure what her title would actually be, but she's in charge of all the ladies who take care of the cleaning, and she does uh, the spot inspections, and she, you know, she's, she's very uh, strict in her standards for keeping things clean, and uh, her name is um, sort of a take off of the character from a simple life too, so there's a little bit of a uh, intertext going on there. Um, let's see who else on the staff. Uh, who did I miss? Ronald Chang. Do Ronald Yeah, Ronald Chang. Uh, he plays a character named Ok Pao, um, who's so he's sort of the assistant manager or head concierge, and helps the uh, restaurant or helps the the hotel to you know keep running fairly smoothly and then you've got a whole cast of different characters who come to the hotel um, as guests now because Corella Koo has set in set in motion these plans um, to try and get this five-star rating of course there are going to be some things that uh, cause conflict between her and the characters but by the end of course you expect everybody will be one big happy family and um, sort of the interesting thing about this film is it doesn't really follow the standard all's well ends well um plot lines you know typically in these stories you've got different sub stories that are sort of running along and by the end everybody in their sub story has a good resolution and everybody's found a match and everybody's happy and they all lived happily ever after kind of thing uh, they kind of break away from that mold, and I think that does um, does benefit this particular story, and it really pushes it up as um, more superior than I Love Hong Kong 2013, in my mind, and actually I'd say it's more superior than uh, quite a few of the All's Well, Ends Well films we've gotten over the past years as well. Um, So I really think Raymond Wong or maybe Vincent Kalk or, you know, their collaboration, really think they got things right this year. Um, And it's got some solid fun. The characters, the main, especially the main core characters, I think they've got some really good chemistry. It doesn't really come across in the trailers, I'd say. There there was the teaser trailer, which just shows everybody laughing, which doesn't really happen in this film. And then there's sort of the main story trailer in which... um, Eric Koch is sort of walking around introducing things at the story, and and that doesn't really happen either because he's in the film, but he's not working at the hotel. He's like a guest in one of the very early sort of sub-stories. He's um, gone in about two minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't have a big role at all, and he doesn't even like sort of show up at the end in the uh, you know, in the sort of final Gong Hei Fa Choi scene. Um, so that was kind of weird. So it's really it's really wrong if you, tar- if you judge this film based on any of the trailers because the trailers don't really represent um, the dynamics of this film, I'd say. Um, so I really like the dynamics of the cast. Some of the stories do get lost, though, because the sort of the central story that ends up taking place is that um, a friend of Ronald Cheng's character, O.K. Pao, um, played by Fiona Sitt, her, whose name is Bobo, she comes to the hotel and she wants to stage a fake marriage. And the reason she's doing this is because she needs to get married in order to secure an inheritance that's being passed down to her from her grandparents. So it's the old uh, sort of paper marriage, fake marriage kind of thing, because I need to get an inheritance kind of plot. Um, But actually, it plays out kind of nicely. The the, the twist in here is that she kind of has a thing for Ronald Chang. But Ronald Chang um, is has a thing for this new uh, pop idol, who's or this new actress who's visiting um, the hotel as well, uh, and he starts sort of a relationship with his idol, and uh, you've got this sort of triangle that that sets up, and it's it's a pretty nice it's pretty nice the way they handle it, um, but some of the stories do get lost once this whole marriage plot starts to <clears throat> emerge um, towards the middle. Um, You have these two characters, Audrey, who's played by uh, Lin Xiang, and then Marilyn, who's played by Karina M. And they're both actresses. And the Audrey character is supposed to be like the sweet, um, innocent, uh, sort of, uh, you know, what would you call her? Uh, um, Just, you know, sort of a sweet, innocent, pure girl uh, type of characterization. But actually... In reality, she tends to be nothing like that. And then um, her sort of rival in the acting business is uh, this character, Marilyn, who I'm not really sure what she was supposed to be. They play her off as a little bit weird, but also a little bit kind of straightforward. And um, she, She's like a young, up-and-coming uh, young star. Yeah, sort of like, a, I mean, I think they tried to pass her off a little bit as, um, what's the girl from Twilight? Uh, Kristen Stewart, kind of like that in, in some ways, that she's a little bit moody, a little bit weird, but, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, so I wasn't really sure what they were going to do with her. And 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 that those two storylines, I mean, they have a rivalry, but they never really go anythar- any, anywhere. And actually, the Audrey character seems to be kind of pointless uh, by the end of the film. Jim Chim shows up, and he's got a point to his character, but then by the end, it's like you know what what happened to that guy i mean he just kind of you know wanders off um but that being said i did like the romantic plot um between ronald and the two girls i, I especially liked the chemistry um that the characters showed i thought it was nice and and, and it worked really well um there's a hotel judge that is supposed to, a secret judge who's supposed to come and and uh you know determine if the hotel is supposed to get the five stars or not and it's, I, I don't know, I, I don't consider myself particularly smart, but I figured out who it was right away. Um, I said, you know, cause there's only so many characters on the screen. <clears throat> um, and so for me, it was pretty obvious, but, um, again, they don't actually pair everybody off, uh, this year, at, at least not directly. Usually directly people get paired off together. And I think that was, a, that was an interesting choice and it was nice to see something a little bit different. Um, and one thing I asked Kevin: Did Lin Shang do her own Cantonese? Because yes, it yes, looked she like did. it, and she did a pretty good job. I mean, it was like. But since she has been. She has she's been.
1: been. She's been doing her own Cantonese since. Um, well, she did it last year in in uh, in Also Enzwa too. Did she? Yeah, and also in uh, the, the, even
0: all the way back to Short Short of Love. Did she? Okay, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I wish more would do that because it's it was so nice to see sync sound for a change, you know. It was like yes. No, the whole film was shot in sync sound. Nobody thing. was dubbed and and the sound quality was really good and and, and the, I really appreciated that. The
1: good thing about these Lunar New Year movies is that they actually usually are shot in sync
0: sound. Yeah. What's it? yeah. Um so uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd say see it only because it's better than the 2013 <laughs> TVB entry. Uh so there. Kevin? Oh my, I I'm totally hitting myself over the head for enjoying it.
1: Like wow, it's <laughs> actually really not bad because i mean if they also ends well they kind of like um apple products to me 20, 20 2009 sucked 2010 was actually quite funny 2011 was no good that's the one with donnie uh as the as the makeup guy i thought that was, that sucked and then last year was actually not bad it was really way too long but it was actually not bad so i was expecting this one to be really bad because you know every other one but You know, it was actually not bad. Yes, it's a rip-off of uh, Mitani Koki's uh, Sweet Dreams. Um, Similar plot, but actually uh, the Mitani movie is a lot more uh, ambitious. It's about like six, seven plots going on in a hotel uh, on New Year's Eve. Uh, So about all these characters that intersect. So it's a lot more... So this one is a lot less ambitious. A lot more just about, you know, making people laugh. And of course, Sweet Dreams is also a a take on Grand Hotel, the old um, classic Hollywood movie. So I guess you have that. Um, the cast has material to work with this year. Finally, um, solid material and coming off of love is pajamas. Uh, I was really, really scared. Um, thank God uh, this time is really all about them. And they really work well with the material this year. Um, the script writing is still a mess. Um, the, the stories are, don't, don't, Really flow at all like you were like Paul was saying the Eric Cox subplot was gone in two two minutes and then when they get into the whole Fiona sit uh, looking for a husband thing they forgot uh, they forgot the other subplots they had set up and only to kind of return to it later on it's it's really a mess uh in terms of juggling the the, the stories it's not really fluid at all and that's really the major major problem with the film. That's not really paced that well. Um, when they were wrapping up a story of twenty minutes left, I was like, oh, because they have like I realized, oh, because they have like seven stories they still hadn't wrapped up. So so it was it was okay to wrap up that storyline an hour and ten minutes into the film. Um some of the stars are annoying, as usual. Uh Jim Chim, of course, leads that group of people. Um Karina Mm, even though she doesn't really do much, even though uh then she's still kind of like really pointless, and she still really hasn't find, found that role to, to earn the, the attention that, um, that uh, Raymond Wong's company has given her. Um, by the way, congratulations, Kareem M, who is uh, confirmed now to be Raymond Lamb's girlfriend. Um, so, so those two are main problems. Um, but luckily, uh, Ronald, Ronald Chang, who is essentially the lead of the film, Ronald Chapman and even Fiona Sid are actually quite good in the film. Um surprisingly, Fiona and Rano have, have really good chemistry here uh in the film. And even though she usually works well with Chapman, they don't really share that many scenes. And it's it, it, I mean after like three, four uh team team um uh, I guess uh, co-starring Rose, it's good to see her working with Rano instead of Chapman. Uh and that, those three are actually the highlights. Uh, of course Teresa the, the 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 um one of the catches Teresa Mo and, and Sandra sharing the screen again after something like like a decade over a decade yeah
0: that was they had a couple nice moments
1: yeah and they have a couple it was a little too wink wink like hey these two haven't acted together for so long so let's give them a moment sometimes a little too wink wink towards that but um you know they have a good chemistry going on uh even raymond wall is kept to a minimum this time thankfully and it's enjoy i enjoy seeing him spew bubbles <laughs> spew foam with the mouth I quite like that of course both the T V B films and this one has a ton of sponsorship deals. Um Seahorse. Really, really, yes, yeah, Seahorse and uh including the, the lake that they shot at, which is so smoggy that you cannot see the other end. Yes, it's like a it's like a lake in uh in, in Wanzhou or Hanzhou or something like that in China. But yes the place is so filled with, the air is so filled with smog you figure they're looking out into the ocean, but it's actually a lake. You just can't see the other side. Um so, so it's not really a great um, uh, sponsorship deal there. Uh, thankfully, the jokes really work. It, it's really all about the humor and the cast. Like like Paul was saying, the cast is a nice dynamic, and they really lived up to their promise. And um, and actually, I laughed quite a lot, and I really have had a good time. Um, uh, it is better than TVB film for once. Finally, after four years, they finally beat Raymond Wong. Finally, beat TVB in terms of quality. They. They may even end up winning the box office battle this year because the TVB cast is so weak. So, congratulations, Raymond Wong. Finally! Yeah. Finally! Uh, solid comedy. Uh, yeah, um, a solid TV hit. uh In fact, this one might be worth a DVD.
0: So, I would say, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, just to give you a little bit of a insight, Seahorse is a major mattress company here in uh, Hong Kong, and pretty much they are one of the go-to brands if you need to like buy a new bed mattress and so it was quite funny at a couple you know it's like at least two long shots of like there was one where the the maids were like carrying these mattresses new mattresses to a new room and they kind of had a long shot on the logo and then there was another one they were like showing uh i think it was one of the sandroom or one of the other characters cleaning the bed and they did a long shot on the logo as well
1: and of course there's like in
0: the dialogue even like did you bring a seahorse
1: mattress? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh
0: uh interesting <laughs> to see uh, at least a local sponsor, right? Cuz uh they are at least they are they're sold locally. I know that I've got a seahorse mattress before, so.
1: I want a seahorse mattress.
0: Um so yeah. yeah. All right, let us move on and talk about our final film after this little musical interlude. So we are here at our final film uh, for Chinese New Year and for this particular episode, and that is the latest long-anticipated film from uh, Stephen Chow as director, uh, Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons. So, uh, Kevin, I think you might have liked this film a little bit more than I did, so why don't you give us the rundown?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the film, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But yes, this is the latest um, directorial effort from uh, Stephen Chow, and this time he is actually not in the film. And actually, it's co-directed by Derek Kwok. Derek Kwok um, gave an interview, and he said this was originally his project. He co-wrote the script with with Stephen Chow, and then he was actually the director on set with Chow as uh, the boss. Um, until post-production, so so it, it was essentially a co-directorial effort by both Stephen Chow and Derek Kwok, Derek Kwok being the co-director of uh, Gallants and uh, also the director of Moss and the Pie Dog. In case you guys don't know, um, this time uh, it's also it's a twist again on the on the Journey to the West story. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not very familiar with the story, and it's actually is is a reinvention or it's a twist on um on a certain part. Of that journey anyway, so um anyway i don't i don't think uh, I should have to you know say too much about about what what portion it is it, it it tells but one Zhang essentially stars um essentially about demon demon hunters um which you might find weird because wait journey journey to the west demon hunters or what right um essentially the film stars uh one zhang uh as a as a demon hunter uh, who who believes that he can um he can defeat demons with song, essentially softens them and, and find, um, their true self because the, the concept of the film is that each demon, um, is, is created through some kind of past sins or they have something, uh, some kind of wrong done to them. So the idea is that, uh, his philosophy of the, uh, of demon hunting is that, um, he can actually, um, uh, soften them up and, and, and tell and have them discover their real, the gentle self. And, um, and become um, become human once again. Uh, so the film starts in a uh, coast coast uh, coastal town when he shows up to 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 uh, take down a a fish demon. But uh, before he succeeds, a um, much stronger demon hunter uh, Bai Gujing, played by Xu Qi, shows up, and she is of a more traditional uh, demon hunting philosophy, where you know she just beats the crap out of them. And, uh, and captures them in little 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 uh, cloth cast capsules um, but uh, being structured the film is after they meet from the defeating the first demon they they reunite um, when um, when uh, the the demon one demon hunter goes on to uh, try and hunt down the pig demon um, and uh after some some guidance um, the one demon hunter is told to go look for uh, uh zoom Su Sue uh essentially the monkey king, uh played by uh Huang Bo and, and that he's the only one who has the power to defeat the, the pig demon. And uh that is as far as I will go and I would tell you why, because the story is actually really thin, so I pretty much just told you half the film, uh of 110 hundred and ten ten minutes. If you really need to know, this is the origin story um of of the monk character Tang Samjong. Uh in the film, it's like a superhero film. This is origin story, and that is all I will and should reveal, because actually, part of the joy, um, uh, credit to Derek Kwok and Stephen Chow who co-wrote the film. They, the joy for me was discovering in the final five minutes and final five, ten minutes what Chow and what Chow and, and Derek Kwok were up to, what what it was really the film was really trying to do, um, and what they were really setting up for. So don't so don't go in actually knowing a lot about the story. Um, that's really part of the surprise, I think. Uh, so I, like I said, I won't review too much. Uh, I won't review anything beyond what I just what I just revealed, and that's really all you should know about the film. Um, it, it does have a really loose three act structure um, because of the sh- what they were trying to do. Um, there are a lot of actually. The film is really about drawn out sequences. There are at least two or three drawn out sequence scenes, uh, including the opening, which is like twenty minutes long, I think um and you would think it's just one of those simple opening sequence but when you find out what he's doing by the end of the film um it makes sense for that sequence to be that long but yes um the film is a super thin plot and it's really drawn out most of the time and that could be a little uh, the pacing is it was a little off uh considering um steven chow was really a master at especially films like uh Hustle and, and shaolin soccer he was really masterful at trying to Slowly draw you into the world and and really wowing you, uh, with new things all the time. Tr- keep trying to elevate the game. This time it, the pacing is a little off, and you're really not that. How can I say fascinated, or you're not that you know enchanted anymore? Um, I have no attachment to the Journey to the West story. I mean, I know, I know things about it. I've, of course, you know anyone who grew up you know in Hong Kong would know about it. But you know, I, I never really read the full story. I'm not familiar with the characters. I mean, you know, I know the basics. But you know, it's been told and reinvented so many times over over uh, in popular culture that really nothing is sacred by now. So I I don't really mind what what Steven Chow was uh, doing with the with the um, myth m- the mytho or the pathos or whatever the 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 um, mythological whatever he was doing here. I don't really don't mind. But actually, what I did kind of mind is that. Um, Journey to the West is kind of a horror film. Um, these monsters are actually quite terrifying. There's cannibalism and there's families getting killed. I mean, f- huge all whole families and and pitchfork stabbings. And, and this movie is really not for kids. Um, Stephen Chow has always had a mean streak. You know, with films like Beijing of Love or even with uh, Shaolin Soccer and Kung Fu Hustle. Even though when he t- when even when he tones down on the violence, he's always kind of been mean. In terms of his humor, in order to make you, in order to make you feel, you know, more, more, more uh, gratified when when you see the heroes triumph, uh, triumphant. But here, it, it really is a violent and it's kind of a scary film. So I mean, the kids we were watching that were behind us were really freaked out, and a lot of the mainland media uh, have actually picked up on that and also telling families to not bring their kids to this film, which is strange for you know, New Year, New uh, Year, because it is a family period and. Fortunately, in China, in mainland China, uh, Lunar New Year is really more of a family gathering period and not really a movie-going period, not as much here in Hong Kong. So um, um, I don't think we'll get as many you know, full families going to see this film. But really a warning is don't take kids under, I would say under 10, you shouldn't be watching this film. Um, the film was clearly shot in Mandarin. Uh, all three of the leads, uh, Huangbo, Xu Qi, and, and Wen Zhang spoke, Mandarin on set. And then the film was later dubbed into Cantonese with um, essentially Stephen Chow style Cantonese dialogue. So while that was nice hearing, you know, Stephen Chow style dialogue coming out of like Shu Chi's mouth. And I think the one John character was dubbed by Chet Lam, a uh, local singer songwriter. And I couldn't tell who um, uh, uh, the Monkey King was was dubbed by. But um, so that was nice. But obviously, there was clearly uh, some some um, stilted parts like uh, the Mandarin dialogue was stopped in the middle and then they would have to stop the Cantonese sign in the middle as well. So the timing was a little off. Um, so I would like to see the film in Mandarin uh, just to see what, what Steven Chow does with the dialogue in that language. Um, but the three actors are really good. I think Wen Jiang was great as a straight man. Shu um, Chi is a very typical Steven Chow heroine. Uh, you will know what I mean um, when you see it. Uh, and Huambo was hilarious. As, as the monkey. He's kind of playing off this. It, it, it was almost like um, Stephen Chow is meant to play that role. So, Hwambo. And Hwambo isn't even doing impression. He's just doing the the role or the comedy in a way that, you know, Hwambo would. But with some Stephen Chow humor, but not in Stephen Chow style. So, it was really refreshing. And I thought he was hilarious. And well, I would love to see more of him um, outside of the the, the, the the screen time that he had. Um I would, um, it, it's a very flawed film, like I said, the pacing is off, and, and not all the humor in Cantonese work, um, um, and the, 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 you know, is really a bit scary, and, and, and um, it, in a way, it's, it's kind of like a weaker Stephen Chow film, even though it's better than CJ7, and um, the truth is, I didn't really miss Stephen Chow's presence as an actor in the film, but more dense story, or better pacing, or you know, better effort as a filmmaker, really. But um, but on paper, I thought it's a really excellent idea, uh. And you know, in the end, it's fun. I did laugh, and um, and you know, in that sense, it's an okay Steven Chow film. So um, I would definitely say see it, but um, only see in two D. There is a three D version out there, but don't even bother. I didn't see it in three D, but I know for sure, I mean, for a fact that they, it wasn't shot in three D. So there's really no point. In, uh, seeing 3D but of course um, as a Stephen Chow film there's a lot of references to the older Stephen Chow films including the older you know the Chinese Odyssey film so um, you go into that knowing that it's um, it's really a con- it's really after a long line of previous Stephen Chow films so it's really not for the uh, people who are not familiar with Stephen Chow films by the way um, so yeah uh, but I, I liked it to a point um, I think it's a good a solid 3 out of 5 stars effort no that's not bad so um yeah so not disappointed at all but you know not wowed by it. Paul, uh, you're a big Monkey King fan, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. Where to begin? Um, so I love the Monkey King. Uh, I love the books, and I've lo- I love the old Shaw Brothers movies, and I've seen numerous. I haven't seen there's there's a really famous old uh, TV series. I don't know if it was TVB that did it, but it's a It's a series um, that I haven't been able to get a hold of that's supposedly really good from like the 70s or the 60s, I'm thinking. Um, But uh, I saw the one with Dickie Chung, and, um, you know, I like that okay enough. Uh, He was was sort of riffing on Stephen Chow back in the day, uh, a little bit too much for my taste. But I've always loved The Monkey King Story, and I've always been... A little bit disappointed that nobody's ever really come and approached the material seriously. I mean, I I like the Monkey King so much that you actually helped me get my only steel box. Right, is the uh, the Shanghai animation of uh, the the very famous Havoc in Heaven, the animated uh, tale of the Monkey King. Um, you know, it's I. I it's just something that has always surprised me that nobody's really sat down and said, you know, we need to take a, a serious, you know, to take this on as a serious trilogy um, and, and and do this, you know, in, in its own right. Um, now, that being said, I also love Stephen Chow, but I'm not sure I love this movie. Um, I will say I think it's a bit more accessible to Westerners who know about, who who've maybe read the translations of the Monkey King story. Um, Than his '90s films. I mean, when I first saw his '90s films, I couldn't stand them because I went into them thinking I was going to see, you know, a, a very sort of normal, normal story of you know the Monkey King, not this time traveling thing back and forward and you know falling in love with different people and stuff. Um, but today I love those two films. I mean, those films have have take. They, It's taken me a long time to mature into those films. But having done so, you know, I mean, I go back and watch them all the time. I actually watched both of them again this week after uh, watching this film. And I always rediscover stuff that I've forgotten about those films. That's just really, really great. Um, But, you know, I will be the first to admit that those films are not easily digested by uh, people in the West because there's so much craziness going on, especially people who know the Monkey King story and who are expecting sort of a standard Monkey King story. In this case, I will say that I think if you know the Monkey King story, this will be something that will be a bit more approachable. Um, Yes, it is an origin story, as Kevin was pointing out, but it's not. Um, Because it's not the actual origin story. It alludes to a lot of things, and actually... um, there were some things happening that I probably should have picked up on, but I didn't because I was distracted by the Stephen Chowness, I guess. Um, but yeah, there is a lot here that that is actually much closer to um, the literature than what you see in the 90s films. Um, but that being said, they do diverge in some places that kind of make me mad. So I feel like a little bit like a literature nerd or a comic book nerd. You know, it's sort of like you know, you watch the X-Men movie or, or you watch a Spider-Man movie and you go, well, that's different from the comics. You know, why'd they do that? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I got a little bit geeked out in the cinema when I was watching this. Um, but even so, it is a very dark film. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because the story itself is dark. I mean, the story, you read the Monkey King story, especially after Havoc in Heaven, when they actually start the journey to the West period, you know, it's all about the monk... Um, you know the monk Sanzang meeting all these demons and them wanting to eat him, and then demons doing bad things to people, and you know stories of redemption. But you know people do die and, and bad things happen in those stories. Um, so there is definitely a darkness there. But ultimately, you know the main story is about going to the West, getting the scriptures, and and sort of helping to you know save man through through this process um paul as, as, a, as a father um what what age would
1: you let your daughter you know watch this film
0: 20 <laughs> <laughs> no uh you know yeah you said like 10 i don't know 10. i still think that's a bit young um maybe 13 or 14 mm. um because there really is some 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 tough material especially in the beginning i mean they really i'm watching there's some things that i'm watching i'm going oh they're not going to go in that direction oh they just did that didn't they um, they, he really does like pushing the, the, the borders of darkness. And I think that you're right. I think he does it so that when he comes back to the humor, people are so receptive to it. You know, it's like, they're ready to laugh because you've just taken down, taken them down this very dark path. And, and so it's almost like a, a rubber band effect that I think he tries to play with at some points. But, you know, it's also interesting too, because you mentioned that, Um, It was Derek Kwok who was originally helming this. So I wonder if the unevenness and if some of the back and forth in terms of the tone is really a reflection of those two different visions. And I'd really like to be, it'd be really great, I I don't know if we'll ever get this, but if we could have a commentary, you know, uh, that's not something they do on movies anymore these days for Hong Kong films, but a commentary where the two directors are really talking about you know, where their influence started and stopped on certain things. Um, So, yeah, it does take place after Havoc in Heaven, but before the actual journey. Um, So if you've read the story, you kind of have a a timeline uh, in mind. It's very self-referential in many ways. I mean, um, the, the song that, for example, the monk character tries to use to win over the demons through kindness this this sort of nursery rhyme song is actually a um it's a riff on the um the love song from the stephen chow uh 90s uh journey to the west film oh, yeah
1: it is that song but with different lyrics
0: yeah different lyrics but but it's it's you know it's a riff on that um he's also he's also playing a lot with dragon ball in <laughs> in many ways because it, for those some some people, I mean, I think most Dragon Ball fans would know this, but the series Dragon Ball is actually the Monkey King story kind of repackaged and turned into an anime cartoon. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's very different from the Monkey King story itself, but it is based on the Monkey King character. And so he sort of repackages elements of that and throws it in here in a few places. Um and there are some even more obscure references in some places. Kevin, you pointed out one. There's a like a theme song that comes up at the end that I had no idea uh, where <laughs> that was from. And I guess some people would, but um, you know, uh I think that
1: let's just say let's just say if you've heard um if you've heard Derek Kwok talk about his love for for for, for you know 1970s uh, uh thing, all things nineteen seventies, and of course knowing Stephen Chow's love for uh, what 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 kind of old Japanese things he likes and yeah the 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 influence is very clear all of yeah. a sudden like when it pops up.
0: Um, so yeah, they they do break a couple of the conventions or rules of the story. Um, there's a thing that uh, happens with the Monkey King <clears throat> staff that I question because you know knowing what I know about the story, that's not supposed to happen. But again, that's just me being overly geeky about the story. Um, I really enjoyed Huangbo as the Monkey King, and in fact, there wasn't enough Wangbo in this film for me. Um, yes. Part definitely. of the problem is, is that he wasn't always the Monkey King. <laughs> um, you you see him sort of in, in a, a transmorphed human form, <coughs> um, but then the Monkey King has variable forms, and uh, I, I wanted to see a lot more Wongbo than we actually got, and I would love to see you know if they ever did do a you know a, a a legitimate monkey king series i'd love to see Wongbo in the role he was just awesome uh i think he captured the right you know dynamic of of um humor and energy and and viciousness that is supposed to exist in that character um shuchi was fine as as sort of the you know the 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 main hunter And Wen Zhang, who I didn't think I was going to like that much in the role, did did a really good job. Um, So kudos to the three leads um, for for what they did. Uh, In some ways, this film has a lot in common with um, a Chinese tall story, which is also very derivative of uh, the the Monkey King story, um, although that focuses on the monk and his relationship with um, another character again it's a it's a stretch it's like just you know sort of a reinterpretation or a readaption using these characters, but it's not directly from uh the story itself um i'd well, that say
1: only shows uh, how much how much influence uh jeff lau has on 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 stephen chow
0: yeah yeah i, I would say that um you know at, at the very least it's better than c j seven at least oh, much in my better book. Um, so there's that. So, you know, I'd say see it, uh, especially because we will likely get another Wong Kar Wai film before we get another Stephen Chow <laughs> film at this rate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Journey to the West, Conquering the Demons. Uh, be prepared to be scared. Uh, don't take your kids And Remember, it's not really a Chinese New Year kind of feel-good movie, um, but it's worth worth, worth your time when you get a chance all right I think it's time uh, for this All right. Love it. Love it. The the best song to come out of a Hong Kong movie ever. (laughs) Ever. Ever. Uh, All right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to uh, wrap up our coverage of the Chinese New Year films of 2013. I know that last time I said we were going to talk about uh, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. But uh, no, we're going (laughs) to save that for next time. Uh, And when will next time be? We don't know yet because Kevin is going to be off into the stratosphere, headed for the United States of America. So we're going to try and figure out what the schedule is going to be and what we're going to be covering, um, but what that exactly is going to be. Not entirely sure yet because Chinese New Year is a busy time. My house is full of humanity right now because I've got uh, my dad's here, my cousin's here, Everybody's kind of sleeping all over the place, and uh, we're getting ready for um, you know all the food and all the stuff that's going to be going on. And I've still got a ton of work that I got to get done. But somewhere in between all of that, we will have another show at some point in the future. And if you would like to be a part of the show, of course uh, we would love to hear from you. You can uh, you know get in touch with us over at our website. That is www.concast.com. Uh, you can get, hit us up on iTunes, you know, leave us a review over there, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see changed, or if we should keep doing the same old, same old. Uh Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash concast for the show updates and show news, uh, twitter.com slash foxlore if, you, if you're if you interested in my uh, ramblings from time to time, and of course I urge you to follow twitter.com slash thegoldenrock, that is Mr. Ma himself, um, for his uh, constant musings about film... Uh, updates about what's going on you know sometimes he tweets about uh release dates and sometimes like today we got into some discussion about the use of uh sub subtitles and language context in the film the grandmasters right um so some interesting discussions popping up from there from time to time uh, i also
1: call film critics racist
0: (laughs) and then there's that there's the yeah uh the 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 volatile side of the golden rock Mm -hmm. um if you'd like to get in touch with us directly, you can do so via Gmail, that is eastscreen at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a question, a comment, send us a short audio file, and we might just play it here on the show. Of course, you can also look us up over on Facebook, that is facebook.com slash east S, west S, and we are on Google+. Plus. You uh, can check us out over at the community site we have there, that is um, Chinese Language Cinema is the name of the community site and if you are in hong kong and you'd like to be part of our uh, movie group nights our, our movie matinee nights uh, that is a, a sort of co-founded by the love hk film guru himself mr kozo um you can uh, hit me up over there at google plus and i can get you uh, you know involved in uh, the the circulation of the movie group and uh, you'll be able to see when and where we're going for those movie nights those movie outings Catch us on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, your Android phone, your BlackBerry, and your WebOS phone. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, it's the smarter way to listen to radio, and we thank them for their support of our little show. Additional thanks go out to Rob Gubbers of Snouser Studios for our theme, uh, Ross Chen of lovehkfilm.com for helping organize movie nights, the K-Man, Kevin Ma himself, for being with us for 140, soon to be 141 plus episodes. And of course, all of you, the listeners, whether you are out there in the chat room with us tonight, such as uh, uh, Mr. Sleazy K uh, from the World on Fire, no, the podcast on Fire Network, um, and all the stuff that he does, please check out his work uh, if you do so, because he's got some really good stuff over there that should cater to at least one of the many desires that you have, whether you're into the sleazy side of things or you like Taiwan stuff or any other stuff. He's got a lot of stuff over there uh, regarding Asian cinema. So check him out. And of course, uh, anybody else who stops in, uh, you know, come and listen to us live in the chat room. We'd be happy to chat with you there. Or if you listen to us in podcast form, we're happy that you're out there listening and we thank you for doing so. Next show will be episode 141 Maybe going to happen next week. We've got to wait and see once Kevin gets on the ground in the States and we figure out what the schedule is going to be and what we're going to talk about, what we're going to see between now and then. Um, but certainly we will have an episode 141 sometime in the future, so please uh, check the schedule, the calendar of events accordingly. And uh, who knows what we'll be talking about. But uh, Kevin? Yes? Any final thoughts for no, our um, Chinese I mean, New Year episode?
1: Um, You know, happy year to Snake. Um, you know, another really eventful year for for me and my family. But um thankful for everything I have. And uh it sounds like a Western you know, it sounds like another new year show. But yes, you know, one the good thing about you know being Chinese is that we have the Western calendar, that's one year, and then the the Union the calendar that's another year. So you know it's time for reflections. And yes, it's been a re- eventful year, but very thankful for what I have and, and of course thankful to to Mr. Papa Fox. Ah oh, yes. Uh, for 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 his work and congratulations to all the great things that's happened to him in the past year, and um,
0: yeah, here's to a uh, year the snake. Year of the snake. Somebody play a Duran Duran song, please. Isn't it a Wolf? <laughs> don't they have a song "Union of the Snake" or something? I don't oh. know. <laughs> that's before well, your time. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: before. That's before my time. <laughs> uh,
0: sorry. He's a. You're 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 like a post eighties child, right? Making all I, these 80s I was restuances. for the 80s, yo. <laughs> all right. Well, I do wish everybody a very happy year of the snake. Um, we will be back with all of that and much more on our next show. Until then, this is East Screen West Screen, wishing you good viewing, and we'll see you next time in the year of the snake.
1: Gong xi fa everybody.